Now keep in mind that I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. <laughs> Welcome back to Hardly Minding My Business. I'm your host, Dashing D. What up, y'all? Ooh, let me get a sip of my rose. So, as you can tell, <laughs> today's drink of the week is Sparkling Rosé. I got this one from Trader Joe's. It's actually Trader Joe's brand. I kind of dig it. It's not too sweet. It's pretty light. It's perfect for a spring afternoon. Um, summer is coming up. Rosé is always a good drink if you don't want something too sugary or too um, heavy, if you will. You want something more light and refreshing. This is this is really good. I think I'm actually going to get some of this and try to make some Rosé. Stay tuned for that. But yeah, if you have Rosé or wine or anything you want to drink, now is the time to hit pause and go grab a drink so you can sit with me in the closet and we can, you know, discuss all of the things. I should start off by saying, you know, we've been gone for two weeks, but here's the thing. Two weeks ago, there was nothing to talk about. Absolutely nothing. I sat down to record the podcast. I went over my notes and realized there weren't much notes. Um, and then the things that I had listed to talk about just weren't really that important. And so... And I didn't think any of you guys would care about it either. So I was like, you know what? We're going to skip this week. It happens sometimes. The news cycle sometimes gets a little weird. And other times it's just there's topics that, you know, we're not talking about yet or whatever, whatever the case may be. And last week was Memorial Day on Monday. Um, And I had a lot going on. I'm going to be real honest with y'all. Memorial Day weekend was an interesting weekend for me. Um, I What did I do Memorial Day weekend? So I had an event to attend on the Saturday before Memorial Day. Um, and that was really interesting. Um, a certain someone invited me uh, to an event. Um, and... I wasn't sure I was going to go, actually. And, you know, I thought about it and I was like, you know, I feel like, you know, you need to be uh, supportive, um, especially of the people who support you. You know, you should always make sure that uh, you reciprocate that. At least for me, that's how I feel. And so I really wanted to go to this event and show love and... um you know, be supportive. But I was a little reluctant because I, I feel like sometimes when, when people's worlds collide, it, it, you know, it can cause, um, inadvertently cause chaos. And so I wasn't sure I wanted to walk into that, but I did it anyway. Um, and it was really good. I had a wonderful time. Um, my day kind of went into the night after the event. Um, swung by Domino Park, which I haven't been since it opened. Um, or I should say I've only been once, once before since it opened. And it was cool. It was 
busy, but it was just nice to be outside. Y'all know, if you've been listening to me talk from the closet for a long time, you know that the thing that I love the most is being outside. I don't want to do outdoorsy shit. I just want to be outside. (laughs) I want to feel the sun. I want to feel the breeze. Um, I want to, you know, it was nice. The sun was setting um, and we were overlooking the water and that was beautiful. Um, but I live for moments like that. I love spring and summer because of moments like that. I want more of those moments. I feel like, uh, you know, the C word robbed me of a lot of that because, you know, we, we, me, uh, especially was trying to stay in the house to stay, um, COVID free. It's so weird saying that I have not gotten COVID yet because pretty much everyone I know has gotten it at this point. Um, and I don't know how I've continued to dodge it. I keep thinking to myself, okay, this weekend is going to be the weekend. Um, I'm not wishing it. I don't want it to come. I'm fine with it not coming, but you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, um, is this, what is this? Like, are, are we, do I want to get it and just get it over with? Or, but not even that, because I'm hearing people say that they've gotten it two and three times um, since the pandemic hit. So that's weird too. But anyway, we are not talking about that here. Um, <laughs> so just being outside is really nice. And, and it's been, it's been good to kind of start to ease into the season. Um, and, you know, if you're from the New York area, then, you know, New York in the summertime is dope, um, for multiple reasons, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to summer. I'm looking forward to hopefully some trips that are coming up. Um, and just having a really good time. Um, after that, oh, can I just point out one thing about being at Domino Park? So there's this dude who holds a trash can over his head, which was really bizarre. Like he, he, it's his trash can and you know, it's his trash can. Cause if you look around the park, there's no other trash cans like that. And I guess he puts it down and allows people to put trash in it. And then he lifts it up as one of those heavy metal trash cans. He he balances it on his head. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I didn't understand. I don't think anyone really understood. And then Sir decided to move the trash can to his nose and was balancing it on his nose. And then he kisses the bottom of the trash can. You mean the trash can that was sitting down on the ground a few minutes ago? Sir, are you unwell? what's happening here? It was really weird and really bizarre, but never a dull moment. I will say that. And like I said, I had a blast. I had a good time. And so it didn't even matter. It gave a good laugh. And and that's what's most important. Um, the rest of my weekend was pretty chill. Um, I had some stuff come up that wasn't the greatest. Um, but you know, I worked through that. It's nothing I want to get into. Um, but yeah, that was Memorial Day weekend in a nutshell. It was just kind of a weird weekend. It went from like really good vibes to like really weird vibes. And I don't know. Um, I was glad that I had the Monday off to kind of, um, 
relax a little bit and chill as much as I possibly could. Um, and then if you don't know, <laughs> uh, a few days after Memorial Day usually is my birthday. And so my birthday happens. Um, and I guess that was part of it last week. Like, I'm sure I could have recorded an episode on Tuesday and just put it out late considering it was, um, considering it was a holiday, much like this episode that is going to come out either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. We will see which one. Um, and that's actually because of technical difficulties, um, that I've finally gotten resolved now. Uh, but I was kind of on strike last week. Like, I didn't really feel like doing anything to the point where this morning I woke up and I was like, bitch, you got to do laundry. Like, what What did you do last week? You need to get it together. It cannot continue this way. And so I get that. And I totally understand. And that's my bad for just going on strike and being like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to chill. Honestly, even today, work was difficult. Not because work is difficult, but because I was just like, whew. Do we need to work today? Is, is today, we still doing that this week? You know, I'm still very much in birthday mode. I was in birthday mode all weekend from Thursday, which was my actual birthday, um, to Sunday. I had stuff to do. And so it was beautiful and it was nice to spend time with the people I love and the people I care about. But, ooh. Also, can I just say that I cannot drink lately. So Thursday I go out, I have three drinks and they were all sugary, which is probably the problem. And one of them had Hennessy in them, which I didn't mean to do. I forgot that it had Hennessy and I ended up ordering the drink anyway. And of course I drank it because me. Um, but then all day the next day I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't feel so great. Um, I wasn't sick or anything. I was just like, ugh, very sluggish. And then I go out on Friday night, which was fun. I went to this spot that's on the water and it had like very beachy vibes. It was supposed to be like, I guess, uh, kind of like a fun beach club type, type of situation. So that was cool. Um, and I had a drink and I said to myself, all right, I'll have like a, a margarita or something. And then after that, I'll just go wine um, because... I don't want to, one, I'm getting ready to go on vacation, so I don't want to overdo it. And two, um, I just want to keep it chill. And by the time I got halfway through my glass of rosé, your girl felt like she was going to pass out. I think it was just hot. It was super humid over the weekend. And um, yeah, I didn't know what to do with myself. I had to get up and go for a walk and get some air. And I was fine after that, but I was just like, girl, what is, girl, what is you doing? And then on Sunday, Sunday was lovely. <laughs> um, Sunday was was dope because um, I ended up my my nieces, my sweet little nieces, they uh, they like to make sure that they do something special with me for my birthday because they don't like to know that the adults went out and did things without them. Um, and so they took me to tea afternoon tea and that was great that was fun um so we had some brunch and drank some tea I actually drank a tea infused cocktail but I was good after one I said after the first one I was like okay we'll have some water we'll have some tea we're good here I realized that I'm changing 
I also want to point out that four hours before my 35th birthday, I started to feel hip pain. And I don't know what that's about, and I hope it goes away, but listen, I've been 30-something going on 65 for a really long time, so I'm not surprised, but yeah. So honestly, I may fall asleep drinking this rosé and talking to y'all, but I'm going to try my best. Usually, wine these days is, is all I need. All right, let me put the glass down. So, what do we need to talk about? Oh, before I get into the episode, just real quick, I mentioned work and I really wanted, wanted to do work. I think part of it, too, is that my boss is about to go on a really long vacation. And I <laughs> have been charged with... Uh, a lot more responsibility than I have had thus far because, I mean, it's a new job. I started in March and I'm really excited, but I'm also terrified that I'm going to fuck something up. I don't think I will, but it's just like that, that feeling of, oh gosh, like what if I have a question and I don't know what to do? Um, and there's a lot of protocols and, and other people in place to make sure that none of that happens. And I really appreciate him trusting me, uh, to do what needs to be done. He actually said those words, I trust you. And I was like, okay, all right. More pressure then, huh? You know, cause, cause it's one thing to, you know, have someone say, Hey, I'm going to have you do this. I'm not going to be around. It's another thing for them to say to you, I trust you to do this. Um, and I received that. I think I'll be fine. I know I'll be fine because I have prepared for this. This is, I am not new to the rodeo. I have, I know my shit when it comes to advertising. I know my shit when it comes to sales and, um, uh, I know my shit when it comes to managing accounts. So it's not, uh, it's not at all that I can't do this. It's just that it's a new place. There's new scenery and there's new people. And so I'm just super, I'm, I'm, I'm hyper mindful of the fact that, um, I need to and want to make a good impression. So wish me luck y'all. Cause I'm gonna be the training wheels are coming off and I'm really going to be doing it. Um, in a big way. Um, and this is kind of what I've been preparing for since I started in March. Um, we always knew that this, this moment was going to come up. And I think it's so funny because he's, he's super confident. He's like, this is going to be great for you. This is perfect for you to like really take the reins and, you know, get stuff done and I'll be out of the way so you can do your thing. And I'm just like, bruh, bruh, you're my lifeline. Um, but, you know, sometimes your lifeline is not available or sometimes you run out of lifelines and you got to do it yourself or you got to figure out which resources you can tap into in that moment. And that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to rise to the occasion and I'm going to fuck it up in the best way possible. So that's that. I just wanted to say that because uh, I need y'all to whatever. If you pray, pray for me. If you manifest, manifest for me. Whatever it is you do, 
um, uh, to allow things to go <laughs> the way you would like them to, uh, please, you know, keep me in mind when you are meditating and when you are praying and when you are looking towards the future, just be like, Dashing D needs a little bit of love right now because she is taking the training wheels off and we need her to be covered and ready to get this done. Please do that for me. I would very much appreciate it. I try not to ask too much of you guys, but I would really appreciate this. Um, and that's really it as far as updates go. Um, I don't have a whole lot else to say that is going on with me. Um, and so let's, you know, let's get into Petty or Nah after this. Petty or Nah for this week. Why the fuck do people say opinions are like assholes? I hate that. I hate that. Please stop saying that. If you use that phrase, stop using that phrase. It's a, it, that phrase is weird as fuck. I understand why people say it, but also it doesn't need to be said. Like you could say what you're saying in a completely different way so that you don't have to bring up assholes. Literal assholes. Like your rectum. Think about that. It's just uh, gross. I don't like it. I don't like it. And I heard somebody say it. I was watching a show, which I'll get to later. I heard somebody say it and I was like, yo, why the fuck do people say that? Why why the fuck do you have the desire to say that is my question. Like, that shouldn't be the thing that you desire to say. Ever. It's a weird thing to say. People also like really zippy, like, um, catchphrases and quotes and things like that. People love to quote some shit that sounds weird as fuck. And this is one of those things. And so, you know, I just wanted to say that we should get rid of that and remove that from um, social discourse. I don't really think it deserves to be there. Um, but yeah, I don't know who came up with that. I don't know its origin story. I really don't care to look it up. I just know that I don't, I don't like it. And if you know the full, I noticed I did not say the full statement and I'm not going to. Um, if you know it, then it's even worse when you continue the full statement. So let's get rid of that. Who do we talk to about that? Who do we need to tell that we're just not okay with that? Let me know if you know, please keep me, um, keep me abreast and let me know who said, who, who do we talk to about striking that from the record? Because it needs to be stricken. Mm. All right. What's next? Okay. Did we talk about Rihanna and how she had the baby? I think that it was about two weeks ago, right? And so we were supposed to talk about it, but we didn't get a chance to talk about it. I'm really excited for Rihanna. Y'all know that I love her very much. Um, we haven't seen the baby. I'm sure we may never see the baby. Um, but I'm also sure that the baby is probably uh, beautiful. You know, when your mommy is Rihanna and your daddy is ASAP Rocky, what else could you be but beautiful? So she had a baby boy, um, and that's really exciting for her. And, uh, you know, listen, I'm ready. 
I want to see like baby Fenty, you know, like, um, are we going to do that? Like, is she going to do like little, like little kids? Uh, I don't know. Um, like little onesies and things. She should do like a baby line or something like that. I would totally check it out. Um, I don't currently have any babies to buy for, but you know, if I did, well, there's one, but yeah. She should totally do that. She should come with a little onesie line. It doesn't have to be a long-term onesie line. It could be like a drop. Because, you know, people love to do drops these days. I really want to drop some merch. But I'm really nervous to drop merch. I'm afraid y'all are not going to buy my merch. I really want to do something with Dating is Trash and a couple of other things that we said on the pod that people have... Uh, reached out to me about and said that we should um, we should talk about, but y'all let me know what y'all think about merch. Um, if you're interested in buying some merch, please tell me. And if not, maybe one day it'll just pop up and you'll make the decision at that point. But until then, you know, congratulations to Rihanna or her baby. And that's really a lot to say about that. I mean, I don't, you know. <sighs> What's next? Um, oh. I just want to do a little ditty really fast for uh, our next topic. Breakups to makeups. That's all we do. And scene. Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan have broken up. Now, if you remember correctly, a while back, a while back, when they first started dating, I told y'all I didn't really think that this was going to be a long-term relationship. I feel like, you know, Michael B. Jordan is, uh, in my opinion, I felt like, you know, he doesn't really strike me as like the Sawyer Oats type of guy. He strikes me as the guy who like wants something pretty stable, um, just given things that he interviews that he's done. And even um, the fact that, you know, his parents live with him and all of that, you know, he just doesn't strike me as the guy who has like women coming in and out. Also, just I mean, maybe that's completely untrue. He has more than enough means um, to live that type of lifestyle and have his parents never know. So I don't want to assume, but that's just not the vibe I've ever gotten from, from Michael B. Jordan. That being said, um, Lori Harvey is 24 and I know that, or she just turned 25, I believe. I know that when I was 24, 25, like I was outside and I was hanging out and I was having fun and I was having a good time and I was not trying to be uh, tied up to anybody because 24, 25, why not? Especially when you got Lori Harvey's face and body, like, listen, okay, go have your fun. And so I don't know why they broke up. There is no uh, information about why they 
broke up. And honestly, everybody's kind of been reporting it as a rumor, not necessarily as fact, because I guess neither of their camps have come out and said anything about it. But it seems like it really happens because, you know, the internet will do what the internet does. And the internet discovered that Lori Harvey deleted all her photos and videos of Michael B. Jordan off of um, her social media. And so that's usually a pretty good indicator that things are over. Um, I wonder what happened. Y'all know I'm nosy. Y'all know I hardly mind my business. And so I would love to know what really happened between the two of them because they seem to be going strong and good for them. But also, you know, breakups are hard. Breakups are very difficult. Um, Especially when you saw your relationship going a certain way and it comes to an end. Um, and I, again, I don't know what, what their circumstances are. I don't know if it was mutual. I don't know if it was one of them and not the other. I don't know if someone did something to trigger the breakup. I have no idea, but what I will say is no matter the circumstances, breakups are hard. And knowing that I wish both of them well. And, um, I've said it before and I will say it again, cause I haven't said it here. Michael B. Jordan, um, I know that you are currently getting ready for Creed 3. Um, I know that you guys have been filming. I'm not sure if filming wrapped yet. Um, but what I will say is, Michael B. Jordan, if you are looking for someone to accompany you to that premiere, I'm here, okay? Um, just reach out to me on IG, maybe a little DM or something like that. Um, if you need my phone number, I could DM you my phone number. But Michael B, you don't have to be alone. You don't have to show up to the Creed 3 premiere alone, especially when, you know, you are directing this film and starring in it. So it's like, you're going to need a little arm candy and I can be that for you. I can be that for you. So um, good luck to both of them. Good luck to both of them. Sometimes you just got to part ways. Sometimes that's all it is. Sometimes it just doesn't work. Um, and it's hard, but sometimes that's, that's all you can do. Whew, what else is there? What else we got to do? What else we got to talk about? Oh, I haven't talked about shows in a few weeks. Because um, I really haven't been watching a whole lot of TV lately. Um I did start watching watching a few things the last few days or so um, because I'm kind of, I've kind of been in I don't really want to do anything else mode. But speaking of Michael B. Jordan, I have been working my way through the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, for several months now. I'm moving very slowly through it. Um, there's no rush. <laughs> although there is a Thor movie coming out in July and I'm really really curious I, the trailer looks cute and fun and I really want to see it but I'm not there yet so I was told let me just break it down for you because I don't know I'm assuming y'all know way more about Marvel than I do so I'm gonna just tell you what I know and then maybe we can compare notes so um, and the reason I bring it up, I know I said that I was going to make sure that it is uh, my TV takes are Black-centered. Um, and so 
I am thinking of Idris Elba, Anthony Mackie, um, Michael B. Jordan, Chadwick Boseman, Don Cheadle, uh, Terrence Howard, um, Zoe Saldana, who loves a colored face that never mind. Um, <laughs> um, there, I'm sure are more, uh, but I'm thinking of them when I bring this up. Um, I think it's cool to see them as, uh, um, in these types of movies. So I, I, I want to talk about it. Um, but honestly, like I'm, I, you know, at first I was like, I felt like I was feeling through the dark. Right. Um, and then someone, uh, recommended that I travel through the Marvel Cinematic Universe in phases the way it is set up on Disney+. Plus. And so that's what I've been doing. I worked my way through phase one. I am completely done with phase one. And I'm almost done with phase two. Some of the movies, some of the movies I like, some of them I don't. Um, I will say that the movie that stood out, the movies that stood out to me were Iron Man 1, uh, Thor 2, um, I can't really think of the other ones now. I don't care for Captain America. I don't know. I don't know why that is, but I just, I don't connect with it. Um, I thought Guardians of the Galaxy was weird. Um, but yeah, so I've been working my way through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't know if that means anything to y'all. I don't know if if my listeners uh, <laughs> pay attention to Marvel. I feel like a lot of people are into superhero stuff. So I've been watching. Um, you know, if y'all have any recommendations for me, like in terms of, hey, uh, pay attention to this movie or, you know, you really got to know about this or you can read this or something like that, then share it with me, please. Because, you know... In my mind, the only way I get to the new Thor movie is if I finish all of this. I'm very particular when it comes to movies and television. Television, I do not like to watch anything out of order. And so if this means that I have to go through 511 movies to get to Thor, I'm that's what I'm going to do. It's just probably going to take me the rest of the year to do it. So um, working through it slowly, but you know, what movie am I up to just so I can let y'all know? Avengers 2, which I've heard is not that great, but I have to watch them all, right? I'm kind of excited that Ant-Man is next because I've already seen it. So I'm like, oh, now I could just watch it to look for, you know, things that connect the dots, not necessarily because I haven't seen it. So that's good. Um, but yeah, that's what's going on with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. For my reality girlies, um, I've been catching up on Love and Marriage Huntsville and I have some thoughts. When I say I'm catching up on Love and Marriage Huntsville, I mean that I have not watched it since, until this week, I had not watched it since the middle or maybe the first third of season three. And so at this point, at the time of this recording, I have completed season three. Um, I finished the reunion and really what I want to talk about is the reunion. Now, oh, bubbles got to my nose. If you are familiar with Love and Marriage Huntsville, then you know about Martell and Melody. 
Martel and Melody were married. They are no longer married. Martel is a cheating ass cheater and cheated on his wife. We know this because he ended up having a baby outside of his marriage. That is proof, proof, <laughs> proof enough that, you know, he did what he did. Um, and all through season three, they're at odds with one another. And when I say at odds, I don't mean like, you know, frustrations and difficulties, trying to co-parent or interact with one another, just complete and utter chaos. Whenever they see each other, they yell at each other. It doesn't matter where they are, or what they're doing. They, they're constantly getting into these screaming matches with each other. And I think that's why I stopped watching season three, because I was just frustrated with all of that. It just felt like way too much. And as as much as like you could argue that is for is for TV, it didn't feel like it was for TV. It felt like two people who just could not get it together, and their relationship was in shambles. Um, but what I want to so what I want to point out is that Martel is a shitty man. Um, and again, he did what he did, and we know that he did what he did. So there's no question there. Um, and not only that, every time he sees his ex-wife slash the mother of his children, he has a lot of crappy things to say to her about her. He tries to get under her skin. And my thing is, yo, you did some really fucked up shit. And then on top of the fucked up shit you did, you feel the need to be a dick every single time you see your ex-wife. And it, I could understand why this woman yells at him every time she sees him. Because if you're, you are going to behave like that every time you see me, then I am going to want to yell at you every time you see me. I could never deal with this man because we would fight like cats and dogs every day. And I just don't want that type of energy around me. I don't think anybody wants that type of energy around them. And so, and again, it's because, it's not because, you know, it's just, oh, the sight of him is, is, is uh, infuriating. It's because he says really slick shit. He says really shady shit. So anyway, that's, that's one observation. The other observation is that, okay, we get to the reunion now and, and you hear me talk about Martel. I have very strong opinions about Martel. Martel has been accusing Melody of cheating on him. And he claims that at one point when she first decided to separate from him, uh, she moved out. She got herself an apartment. She wasn't living with him anymore. They were separated um, that she cheated on him. Now, I don't know that I consider that cheating because if I if I leave the, our married home and I get my own place, and I go live there, and I tell you I don't want to be with you anymore, then I don't see how I'm cheating. But I'm not in their marriage. I don't know what's going on. Maybe there was a conversation they had, or maybe something happened to make this man think this. I don't know. Or maybe it's none of that. Maybe he's just full of shit. So <laughs> Melody says, okay, um, yeah, so you know... Um, uh, she was asked, did you cheat? And she said, well, I let Martel know that this person performed oral sex on me. Um, and he starts saying, well, what, but what did you do to him? And she's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And then she's asked, like, did you perform oral sex on that person? And she says, I don't remember. Melody, girl, how you not remember if you performed oral sex on someone or not? You don't remember if you put your mouth on someone's penis or not? 
That just seems strange. And I understand. I understand that you probably don't want people in your business. I understand that, you know, that man was putting you through it. And so maybe you needed, you know, a little something, something to take the edge off. You know, I would probably need to get my rocks off too, considering that he's a shitty man and it's a shitty situation. But you, girl, you can't get up there and lie like that and say, uh, I don't remember. How do you not remember? Are you okay? Are you, are you unwell? Like, was this was this a situation that was unsafe? Because I don't know what outside of that would make you forget that you put, whether you put your mouth on this man's penis or not. I just don't get it. I feel like you would have to put your mouth on a whole lot of penises to forget one. And I don't even think that's her steez. I don't I don't even think that that's the situation that she has going on. I don't I don't think any of that. I just think that maybe she didn't want to admit that she had done this. And so she said she didn't remember. But girl, how the fuck you not remember whether you gave somebody head or not? That don't make any sense. That don't make any sense. I'm not even saying you have to remember the act itself, but you like how you did it, you know, what it tasted like. I'm not asking any of that. I'm just saying you had to have, you had to, you have to remember if you performed it or not. It's weird that you say that you don't remember. And Carlos King, who, by the way, can I just say like my producer crush and y'all know I'm really into television and television production and all of that, the business of television, all of it. My favorite producer ever, 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 ever of a reality show, Carlos King, by far. Carlos King makes wonderful television. Like he is incredible. And it was amazing to see him host this uh, reunion because it's his show. He produces this show. And so he, uh, that was something that they were reluctant about as well. You know, he knows where the bodies are buried. He knows what's going on with everybody. And he's incredible. Um, I'm actually really excited. He started a podcast. I think it's called, um, I haven't, I haven't actually listened to it yet. I've been so behind on my podcasts lately, but let me see if I could find it because if you guys are into reality television, um, then it's called reality with the king, reality with the king. And then he also does the nightcap. So I'm really curious about that. I really want to want to look into that. Um, but I have not yet. So bear with me. Also, I'm seeing right now that the host of the honey, the host, the owner of the honey pot actually did the breakfast club. And we talked about this um, recently about the fact that Honeypot um, was having some issues um, with their change in products. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a little break. I'm going to go listen to it, watch it, and I'm going to come back to y'all and tell y'all what I think. BRB. Okay, so it was, it was pretty long, but I watched the whole thing. Um, it was the founders of the Honeypot. Um, 
Beatrice Dixon, her brother, which I don't remember his name right now, and their social media manager. She may have a different title and I, that I can't recall right now. But um, so they went on the bre breakfast club. They spoke with Charlemagne and Angela Yee, um, tried to clarify some things. Um, the number one thing that they said was that the company is still black owned, which uh, we know was addressed in the apology that came a few weeks ago. Um, they also stressed uh, that they had been going through certain supply chain issues since the pandemic. And so they had to figure out how to um, continue to produce the products and be able to scale them um, without any additional interruptions to meeting the demand. Um, you could tell that... Uh, Oh, and Beatrice also acknowledged that the rollout for this could have been handled differently. Um, she basically said that their focus was on another part of the business at the time. And so they kind of, you know, didn't worry about, uh, you know, the re-release of the products since they had changed, I guess, I'm thinking that the assumption was that, well, people are buying our products. Why would they even flinch? Um, uh, but she admits that, you know, maybe they should have uh, communicated to consumers that their products were changing a bit. So you could tell that there were hurt feelings um, about what happened, about the public's reaction to this. Um, they definitely have a particular disdain for the woman who posted the original video on TikTok that went viral about the change in the ingredients. I don't know what this person's intentions were. I, I've never seen um, that person's videos before, so I don't know if, if uh, they are saying that uh, this woman was... Um, very adamant about going viral and that's why she did this and I don't really know that if you go into the store and you compare your two um, you compare your uh, washes to each other and put a TikTok video up about that I don't know that your intention was to go viral um, I would have to see more evidence of that I do think that maybe once it did go viral, maybe she didn't expect people to care. Maybe she just thought, you know, my followers will care and that's it. I don't know that she expected it to go viral, but when it did, I guess she then decided to capitalize on it. So her video is still up, according to them, um, and she turned the video into an ad. Um, you know, you can pay the social media sites to run your uh, videos as a sponsored post. Um, there were, there are hurt feelings um, on the part of the face of the company, Beatrice. Um, she's very clearly, you know, feeling a way about the way that people reacted I can understand that you being at the brunt of uh, public ridicule is a lot for anybody to handle. Um, and so I don't take that away from her. 
um, she, she said that she's still kind of working through it, um, and still trying to preserve her mental health at this point. Um, and I respect that, uh, it sounds like they have a lot more coming down the pipeline. They're talking about doing men's products and things like that. Um, I don't really have anything negative to say other than the fact that I feel like parts of it came off a bit defensive, but I'm also trying to put myself in their shoes. And if you know that you, um, that you did right by people, if you, or if you feel that you did right by, by the public and people, regardless of that, are still saying hurtful things and hateful things about you, then obviously you would want to defend yourself and, um, it would hit a nerve for you. Um, I just don't know. I don't know how productive that part of it was. Um, and I guess the Breakfast Club was a good place for them to go because they were already kind of on the side of, of, um, of the company, uh, you know, coming from the standpoint of people who have businesses and, um, you know, understand that there were, there have been supply chain issues across multiple industries and, and, and just having that perspective. And I think that's important to, to, for them to explain that to the public, because there are a lot of people who don't understand that side of things. And so it's important to educate people and let them know. Um, but at the same time, uh, I think that they dropped the ball initially by not sharing, um, this change with the public, no matter how it came out. Um, no matter how it came out. Sure. Okay. We could say that the girl who posted this was kind of shitty for posting it or whatever. I don't know that I believe that, but sure. If that's what we're going to argue, but after she did, they weren't going to address it. It, at least it didn't seem that way. Um, she did say that, you know, it created a distraction, um, to where they're trying to work and, um, they had to kind of stop what they were doing, stop the campaign they were in the middle of to address this, take themselves off social media, things like that. Um, and that sucks. And I've said here before that I want to be able to support brands that I care about. I want to be able to support Black women. Um, and I think the thing that people have to realize with this particular um, situation, and I noted this when we discussed, when we discussed this before, is that when when white women were trying to take honeypot down a couple years ago it was black women who went out of their way to sell out honeypot in stores to make sure that this business kept going 
um, and that the negative reviews that were being written and the social campaign that had started against Honeypot was diffused. And so what ends up happening is, to some degree, especially for a smaller brand, you you it's almost like they built a relationship with their consumers. And it's not far-fetched to think that consumers have an expectation of the company um, to do right by them. Uh, I think the consumers have that expectation more for smaller companies, smaller businesses, than they do for the large ones. And I get that maybe they're being held to a different standard. But again, certain things are a lot more transactional than others. And if people feel like they contributed to the success of this company in terms of being a consumer, making sure that when they they were grabbing everything on the shelf they could find during that time, I could understand why people feel personally invested um, in what they're doing. But I think on the other hand, um, a business is a business and a business has to run in a way that makes it efficient, um, in a way that allows it to provide products to its uh, consumers as quickly um, and as ethically as possible. I know something that I always get frustrated with is that a lot of businesses, particularly Black businesses, um, that are smaller in size and newer is that a lot of their products sell out and you can't access them. And so essentially, I hate drops. I hate drops. I hate drops. I hate that you tell me that on Tuesday at 12 p.m., I have to get on your website immediately and purchase something because by Tuesday at 5 p.m. it will be gone and there will be nothing left. I get so frustrated with that. That is something that I hate. Um, I tell you guys all the time that I'm really into candles. I love candles so much and I have tried to find um, Black-owned candle companies. And one of the biggest things with those types of companies I found is that they make a limited supply. And I totally understand that you're not Target. You cannot manufacture a million of these. A lot of these things are being handmade. Um, And a lot of these things, a lot of these businesses are not being run by multiple people. A lot of times it's one or two people or three people that are working on it. I totally get that. And I, and, and, and it's important for us as consumers to be mindful of that, to be respectful of that, but also being a consumer in a world where most things are easy to access, it's hard sometimes to get behind something where you feel like you can't um, get it when you want it or whatever. And so it sounds to me like they're actually trying to um, make that better for consumers. Um, it sounds to me that, like eventually they will, she, she called it a strategic partnership. She did not say that she's looking for someone to own her business outright. Um, but it sounds to me like eventually we're going to see Honeypot um, team up with 
a much larger company in some way, shape, or form. And I think that's to be expected. I said before that I think that everything that they're doing up to this point is to get them ready to partner with a larger company. Because the more you do, the more you need, more money you need. And the more money you need, the more likely you are to go to a company that can financially back you. And a lot of times those aren't black owned companies because they are not in abundance the way that other companies are. So I say all of that to say, I ramble on to say um, that I hope that I hope that they continue to be successful. Um, I hope that they're able to get done um, what they're what it is they're looking to get done. I hope that people see this interview and start to rebuild trust with the brand. I mean, you don't have to listen. You don't have to patronize any way you don't want to. You don't have to buy any product you don't want to buy. You don't have to get behind anything that you don't want to get behind. But if it is a product that you, if you use a product from them or you've engaged with the brand previously and have enjoyed um, the products that you've used, I don't think that this is the thing that should stop people from continuing to support the brand. I think that uh, they know that they made a mistake by not being transparent. Um, but I also think that they made a good point that there are a lot of companies that would never tell you and it would happen and you wouldn't think twice about it. But again, I think that this is a unique situation because I think that people feel that they are personally invested in this brand. Um, and they, and when that happens, sometimes there's, a an emotional connection to the brand. But I also think that that's a bit of a false sense of security um, that you have in thinking that a business person is not going to be a business person and do what they need to do for their business. And they should. They absolutely should. Um, that's how the products keep coming in. Uh, it is very, very, very difficult for um, a company to grow when it does not have the resources to do so. Um, so yeah, I would encourage y'all to, if y'all were interested in the brand before, check it out. And you, if you used it before, it seems to me that it's safe to do so. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't really think this is the, the hill to die on, to be honest, but, um, let me know what y'all think about this though. Um, and what you think about the way it was addressed, because there was clear frustration on their part. And I'm trying not to hold that against them, because, again, I totally get that as a business owner, you cannot please everyone. And it's got to be frustrating to have hundreds of thousands of people making demands on you. Um, but, yeah, um, let me know what y'all think. And... That's it for that. Uh, do we have anything else we need to talk about? Hmm, let me see. One last gossipy thing before we go, okay? <laughs> so, y'all know I love Married at First Sight. That's my shit, right? Love that show. It turns out Ari Lennox is dating Keith Manley from, I don't even remember what season it was. I want to say it was season 10. 
Season 10? Season 10? Season 9? I don't really know. Keith was a cutie. Keith uh, was married to Virginia. Him and Virginia could not... um, They were good together, actually. It was just that they had some differences... Um, and they were, they had a hard time building a physical connection because Virginia was, oh my gosh, was her name really Virginia or did I name her that? Shit. Shit. I don't think her name was Virginia, guys. I think I named her Virginia because she was a virgin. I'm an asshole. And I cannot remember this one. Iris! Iris was her name. Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Her name is Iris. That used to be my little nickname for her. I know it's it's stupid and unfortunate, and I probably shouldn't keep this in the episode. But he was married to Iris. Iris was a virgin, and they could not connect physically. Um, and ultimately, at the end of the day, he didn't feel like he could get there with her because of that. So, um, I, I think part of it too was that she was kind of immature about things. Like she would just giggle and I don't know if she was just uncomfortable and nervous that there were cameras around and she was a virgin. There there was all these different things. I personally don't think that you should get married at first sight if you're a virgin. I just feel like that's a lot. Um, so I don't fault her for her reaction. I think that she probably was just a little bit overwhelmed with the idea that now she had to really consider it. Um, and she talked a good game in the beginning. She was like, yo, yeah, you know, if my husband is right, I'm gonna do it. And she really likes him, but it just, it didn't work out. Um, so that's really that. Do we have a tweet of the week? Tweet of the week. Come on now. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Um, so I've been seeing this float around. I even heard someone talk about it recently. Um, someone tweeted, being single is boring, dating is stressful, and hoeing is risky. What should I do? And then someone responded, actually, is that being single is not boring. Y'all just don't know how to be happy alone. I'm happy alone, but a cute date or two here or there wouldn't hurt, is what someone responded. Um, Yeah, I agree with all of that. Like, I don't think being single is boring, actually. So I don't agree with all of that. I don't agree that being single is boring. I think that being single is actually a lot of... You can do whatever the fuck you want when you're single. How is that how's that boring? But I can understand that being single sometimes, uh, especially if you're single, you're just single as a Pringle, but you're not dating or anything like that, it can be um the alone time can get old. I, I'll say that. Um I understand that feeling uh very strongly actually. It, it can get old at times. Not all the time, but every now and again, it's like, oof, I need people around or someone around. Or, you know, you start watching a show by yourself and you're like, it would be nice if you know had a boo thing to watch this with. Um, or somebody for that matter. I guess it depends on your circumstances too. I find that because I live alone that that happens every now and again. But Um, Yeah, that's our tweet of the week. Thank you so much for listening. 
Um, and I'll be back next week. Uh, do we have to talk about anything else? Do I need any housekeeping? You know what to do. Rate, review, and subscribe. Um, if you haven't already, if you like this episode, share it with a friend and I will be back. Talk to you guys soon.